0: You are listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio Show, Around Atlanta Edition, showcasing the best of Metro Atlanta, our communities, the attractions, and the special events that make Atlanta great. Welcome to our virtual town square.
1: Good morning and welcome back to Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio's Around Atlanta edition. I'm your host, Carol Morgan. I'd like to give a shout out to our new show sponsor, Denim Marketing. Denim Marketing knows that marketing firms aren't all one size, so try them on for a comfortable fit. Well, we all know that outdoor spaces are more important today than ever. And today's guest is actively preserving land across the Southeast. So I am excited to be joined in studio by Bill Jones. He is the founder for the Southeastern Trust for Parks and Land. Welcome to the show, Bill.
2: Thank you. Thanks, Carol. Thanks for having me. Uh, Always appreciate an opportunity to talk about our work. Um, It's been my passion now for over 10 years. So uh, this is super fun for me and I'm glad to be here.
1: Yeah, well, excellent. Well, give our listeners an overview. You know, what is Southeastern Trust for Parks and Land?
2: Southeastern Trust for Parks and Land is a 501c3 public charity. Um, we're based here in the Atlanta area. Um, we very broadly started our as an organization with the goal to build more parks close to home for people. Um, our types of parks are traditionally what we call passive recreation parks. And that means you show up when you want to do, you do your thing and you leave. So that includes hiking, mountain biking, bird watching, those things, as opposed to building parks such as soccer fields when everybody shows up at once and needs a lot of facilities. So so we are that. We own about 36 pieces of land, averaging hundreds of acres each across Georgia and some into North Carolina and Tennessee. Um, And each of those pieces of land has a management plan where we um, prioritize based on the, the land and the cap- our capabilities and even things that are going on with the environment with Georgia DNR's priorities for either conservation where we're planting a lot of trees or recreation where we're building a lot of trails.
1: That is really cool. Well, talk about your background and kind of what led you to start this organization.
2: I would say I, this, this organization started not long after I was born near a really nice big park with lots of hiking trails and things to do. And uh, I spent my whole life where I had a big park in my backyard. Most of that time, starting in 1978, was the Chattahoochee Recreation Era. Um, President Carter got it going in 78. which was the same year my family moved to Georgia right by there. Um, later, as an adult, I lived right by that park. Um, so I took my dogs to walk there and I rode my mountain bike and I hiked, um, and it was kind of a fab part of my life. Um, so that kind of got this whole thing going, but it really started in earnest um, when I was in my mid forties, about 10 years ago. And frankly, I was looking for more meaningful work and, uh, somebody, you know, you kind of go through an exercise that, and what do you love to do and, and what's important to you and, and parks, um, in this type of park was what important to me. Um, so that's why I started this, to create this. the opportunities I had for a nearby park to go to go get the peace of nature, so to speak, um, near my home.
1: That is really cool. What a great story. Well, talk some about how you're different than a typical land trust.
2: I did not know what a land trust was when I started this. <laughs> so people started telling me early on, oh, you're like a land trust. But we're really not. Um, land trusts focus 100% almost on, on 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 conserving land. One of their primary tools to do that is a conservation easement, in which a private landowner will retain ownership, but they'll donate away the development rights, which then the land trust would receive and then extinguish, and then also monitor forever to make sure that those terms are met. Whereas mm-hmm. we're focused on acquiring land that we can own. So we can do the things that we want to do. A private landowner is not too jazzed up about having the public riding mountain Mm -hmm. bikes all over their property. Um, More are becoming that way. I will tell you that because they see what we're doing. But in general, we want to own the land so we can really look at it and figure out what to do that makes sense with both our organization and and even the local public around that land and then the land itself.
1: Yeah, that's really neat. Um, So what's the main mission of the organization?
2: You know, it started out with that very broad concept yeah. of let's try to get some land and um, and uh, make make parks. Um, but it's really come over the last 10 years, it's kind of distilled down to three key words, conservation, recreation, and community. Um, in the conservation side, we conserve all of our land. We've forever. We decided to conserve it because of the benefits of conservation, but really because we said, if we're going to build a park, and get the public out there, we need to be able to say, this is forever. No one's going to come in in five years and say, you know what, this would make a great place for a Walmart. Um, we wanted to bake in what we were doing, which has been really attractive to our funders, quite frankly, both for building recreation um, aspects and for conservation and for planting trees. Um, our biggest focus on conservation the last few years has been planting long leaf pines. Um, the last three years we've planted 50,000 long leaf pines. Wow. This year, we're going to plant 150,000 longleaf pine seedlings. This was the dominant tree type in Georgia before when it, before Europeans showed up. Um, unfortunately for these trees, they grow really straight and strong, so they made great ship and great mm-hmm. poles for building, so they all got chopped down. But then when people went to replant their trees on these same lands or to get new trees going, these longleaf pines have this quirky thing where they sit above ground in a very small bush stage for several years. And they don't grow at all. So a farmer would look at it and say, Why aren't my trees growing? These trees grow too slow. Well, these trees were growing down first and not ah. up. So at some point, they explode and they catch right up. So it's a long term play. But, but the cool thing is, so we'll plant 150,000 longleaf pine seed trees <laughs> at two different sites and so split between the two of them one near Augusta, one down near Columbus. That's their range. Um, but these trees take 30 years to really get a substantial size, 100 years to mature, and they can live to be a thousand years. Wow. So we get, we get up every morning thinking somebody's going to sit under this tree in 800 years that we planted today. <laughs> um, for recreation, we're really we're really geared towards the mountain biking and hiking. Um, we we talk about how recreation is the vehicle, but the real goal is improving the lives of individuals and communities. I hear over and over again from somebody. My daughter and I started walking your trails near our house after work, and we've become much better friends. Mm -hmm. We've lost weight, and our family is better because of it. And that's the other thing. So we're planting these trees that last 800 years, and we're helping people on a very individual level. And on the community side of our mission, we're bringing people together to volunteer work at the parks. Um, we hear over and over again. I showed up at the park a couple of times at 10 to walk in the morning. Other people were there too. And I started walking with them and we became friends and now we're walking three or four days a week and we're sharing our life's happinesses and our life's challenges together. And I've got this better thing. So it's conservation, recreation and community. And I did not know how well those things were gonna sync up until 10 years down the road and and it's happened. So it is a beautiful thing. and, uh, and, And again, that's another reason why it was just, We just love our work and we're just so excited about everything we're doing.
1: That is really cool. Well, you talked about people could volunteer. So talk a little bit about what that looks like and how else people can get involved.
2: Um, You know, it's always that, you know, we need your, your wealth. Uh, your wisdom, <laughs> um, you know, your labor, I guess. Um, for us, it, it, it varies. We have people at our parks that when the grass gets long and they come for a hike, the next time they come for a hike, they'll bring their lawnmower and cut the grass awesome. around the things. We've got a lot of, every one of our sites has, has one to three people who are like, oh, you mean I can take care of this? <laughs> um, and they do it. Um, but we do volunteer days at all of our different sites. If you go on our website, Um, There's an interactive map, you can click on a little flag at a property. um, And and if it's activated, there's things going on, you can plug in that way. We have Facebook pages for our organization and our individual sites, which the sites which have a lot of public um, access. So we do volunteer days. Um, Certainly people can donate funds. Um, We pride ourselves on being very efficient. Um, My background was in a small business. So I've always been really used to, you know, having a cheap office, but a great product, um, so to speak. Um, so and then also people, you know, we're starting to have people more and more start thinking about donating land because they see what we're doing and, and they, they value it. So there is that possibility, too.
1: Yeah. Well, let's dive into the land donation. You know, what's too small? What's too large? What are you looking for? What's that process? Our biggest property
2: we've had is 3,000 acres, um, which we ended up donating to a university. Um, and it's now a really active research site that people come from other places in the country to visit for this type of, this type of environment. Um, and I'll, I'll just mention that we've donated a number of pieces of land over the years. And we had an organization, either a government or a school um, that, could, that could do more than we could quicker because our goal is to serve the public. And if it's better off in somebody's hands, um, That's fine, too. Um, Our smallest piece of land is 0.4 acres.
1: Oh, wow. It's in
2: the uh, Toco Hills area of Atlanta. It's a little pocket park. Um, We're getting ready to engage uh, an intern, actually, to start looking for more little weird pieces of land with absentee ownership covered in ivy and trash somewhere that we can go in and acquire it, clean it up, make a little pocket park. Just make another place for people to come and gather, maybe some simple playground-y kind of things, very small a um, little walking trail, so, so big and small, it's fine. Um, cool. I will say this too, we, we received a lot of our land in 2012 through 2016 because of the financial and the real estate crash of 2008. There were banks and investors that owned land they did not want to lo- uh, own. Banks weren't willing to loan loan money to buy land, um, so it was really illiquid. And so we were really benefited from that, um, that and that was really the big impetus for a lot of this is there was was a moment in time where there were big pieces of land owned by people that did not want to own
1: (laughs) Oh, that's crazy. Um, Well, talk a little bit about some of your most popular pieces of land. You've talked a lot about, you know, hiking and mountain biking and walking. You know, what are kind of those top two or three places people go to do that?
2: Right now, um, the the piece of land that has most of our attention and, and most of our excitement and quite frankly our joy it's Campbellton Creek Nature Park. It's just off Fulton Industrial Boulevard in Atlanta, um, really close, it's in the city of South Fulton, which is only a five-year-old city, um, but it's very close to Southwest Atlanta. It's 80 acres, permanently conserved, always remain natural. And when we conserve land too, we also say not only does it have to remain natural, it always has to be available for free public use. So we're baking in this whole park aspect. Um, <laughs> About a year ago, we uh, really April of last year, we broke around at Campbellton Creek Nature Park. We uh, put out notice to the local community, hey, come help. We talked to the city of South Fulton, come help. We had three key individuals from within the community that showed up all of a sudden. And the bottom line is our first work, volunteer work day, we had 60 people from the community there. And the first thing we had to do was start cleaning up all the trash that had been on this piece of land that the previous owners had just ignored. Um, But since that time, we now have about four miles of of, of natural surface hiking and mountain biking trails. We've got a nice parking area. We've got some exercise um, equipment. We also have this fabulous gardening program. We've got eight raised beds, big raised beds. Uh, We've got an environmental stewardship consultant, Bill Crumpler, that runs it. And they are full of flowers, but mostly vegetables. So people show up, take a walk and pick a, a ripe cucumber. Um, And so, and it's just been fantastic. And we've also, when we planted the garden, we had community people come, hey, here's how you plant it. You should put marigolds next to your tomatoes. We talked about things like that to keep the insects away. Um, We also have an apiary at that site. So it's for beekeeping. So we have a sectioned off area and plenty of signs, live bees ahead, Um, but it's an apiary. So we're doing community education things. We put everybody in the white suits and you get to go see how the beehives work. Um, Interesting enough, we don't harvest the honey. Right. Because we care more about the bees than, than eating their delicious honey. And then one last thing on the bees, a um, little trivia. When bears go after bees, they don't care about the honey. They care about the protein in the bees mm. and the larva. But the honey is just a delicious treat to go along with. It.
1: That's interesting. <laughs> I didn't know that. We've uh, we've had bees off and on. They're not that easy to keep alive, i got to tell you. So yep. kudos to you for doing it and doing it well. The bees appreciate it. They're uh, a little endangered, I think.
2: They are. They are. And I tell you, just as an aside, it really helps to, to, to minimize the amount of honey extracted for a period of oh, time. Oh, absolutely.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've got a big event coming up. Gosh, I guess later this week, tell us a little bit about your anniversary and what that encompasses.
2: Yeah, we're excited. We're uh, making sure the tablecloths are clean and everything's ready to go. It's exciting. But yeah, um, just coming up on Tuesday, the August 9th, um, we're having our 10th anniversary celebration. Uh, Sweetwater Brewery was kind enough to donate us some space and some beer. Um, We're we're bringing in the food and the entertainment, and we're just going to celebrate our 10th anniversary. It's not really a fundraiser as much as it's just a a flat-out celebration. Um, We're really proud. I mean, getting a business to 10 years is great. Getting a nonprofit to 10 years seems actually a little bit harder than that even. Um, But but we are doing that. Um, We have our website. It's www.stp. A L I'm sure you'll print that somewhere for us.
1: Absolutely.
2: Post it there if people want to come learn more about it. Um, we've got such a I will just tell you too, our organization is filled with with happy, kind, excited people because our mission just appeals to a certain kind of person. So it's really fun when we get together.
1: Well, that's awesome. Well, talk about what else you have going on. You know, what are you looking forward to for the rest of this year or early next? You know, we're kind
2: of on a track. Where we're just building parks and planting trees. Um, we have added staff. Um, I was the sole employee with occasional part-time people here and there until just really May. Um, and we kind of had thought all alone that we get to along, that we get to a certain point when it was time to get staff. Um, and, and we would do it and we were at that point. So yeah, we're just building more parts. We've got about six projects lined up. Um, both in we've got seven active park building projects Um, most of them are all like well into their first second or third phases for instance we have 750 acres north of Asheville that we've been building the park now for years and we've got miles of hiking trails we've got bouldering things we've got multiple little simple parking areas Um, so a lot of things are just ongoing but it's really just planting trees and and building trails and then just engaging the community just finding ways to bring people together
1: that's awesome well um obviously y'all are doing a great job of planting trees and building t- trails and building you know bringing people together and you must be doing a pretty good job of fundraising too um so talk a little bit about i mean do you have some corporate sponsors you want to give a shout out to do you have a program for corporate sponsors you know how can people support what you're doing
2: you know we have um we we've been we've been so efficient we have not been that great of a fundraiser <laughs> uh, i hate to admit that here but um, uh, that's been the reality of it um you know, part of our we've been we've been fortunate, though, and I'll be honest that we we have we've had pieces of land that were 500 acres given to us and had people come to us and said, we will give you half a million dollars for this 10 acres of road frontage. And we say, you know what, let's do that. Let's mm-hmm. take, um, you know, this very small percentage of the this 2% of the land, capture half a million dollars. Every one of the pieces of land we've sold like that have gone into affordable housing projects. Which oh, that's also It's awesome. good for the community. Um, so we've kind of self-funded, but now we feel like we have transcended um doing that and we're just out fundraising. And, and again, we've really modeled. I mean, I have to tell you, at first I would say to people, I need some money to build a park. And they said, Well, you haven't built a park. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so so really we've kind of gone through this whole from nothing to something. Um, but we had to kind of self-fund a little bit that way, which quite frankly we really like because having that affordable housing complex up against our park brings us people on the trail activity and it's just super cool it It helps with that that community yeah you know i work
1: with a lot of builders and developers and really the number one amenity you know amenity today is whatever is right next door to your community so we're seeing you know development after development after development put in um you know trails to connect to the trail Mm -hmm. that's right next door. So to extend that trail and it's happening, you know, all over Atlanta, you know, when I said, you know, outdoor amenities and outdoor spaces, people want to be outside and now more so than ever. So kudos to what you guys are doing. And especially with, you know, how crowded the national parks are, you know, this is a nice alternative that maybe is a little bit you know, lesser known. So our listeners are kind of getting the, the scoop here of where they can go and spend some time outside and, you know, maybe with be with a 100 of their closest friends instead of a 1,000. Yep. So
2: That's all true. Yeah. Um, we see development happen around our parks almost immediately. The Campbell Creek mm-hmm. Park in South Fulton, I, I know they were going to build apartment complexes all around us anyway, but I will tell you they're building apartment complexes all around us. And it's just fabulous because these kids that live in these apartments growing up and, and, and people of all ages, kids of all ages, have this amenity <laughs> right there. Um, and it's yeah. substantial. But by the time we're done with this 80 acres, we'll have 10 miles on most of trails. That's um,
1: phenomenal. So. Yeah. Yep. You know, and you look at the people who are, you know, landlocked and, you know, some of them older, some of them newer apartment communities or single family homes who don't have that amenity close by. They've got to get in their car and drive and certainly, you know, worth the drive. But really nice if you can just walk out, walk through the trail and be there. And, so, And
2: you know, that's what I enjoyed all my life growing up. Yeah, I could walk the trails. Um with either my dogs or my kid or whoever. Yeah. It's a cool thing. And I'm just pleased as punch to be able to do it for a living. I've got to tell you.
1: That is fantastic. Well, kudos to you. Um, really excited about everything you're doing. For our listeners who want more information on Southeastern Trust for Parks and Land, uh, remind us the website, phone number, all those places. Where can they go? It's s
2: p e a l dot org. Um and really the easiest thing if you search on Facebook, Southeastern Trust for Parks and Land, Southeastern, all written up. That's our best place to look because it's a super active Facebook page. Um I- I'm always when I point people to it, I usually get some sort of callback of wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I hope yeah. that your listeners also get a chance to look at it and say, wow. Um and uh we'll it- and we'll see.
1: Excellent. Well, this wraps up this week's Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio's Around Atlanta edition. I'd like to thank Bill Jones, founder of Southeastern Trust for Parks and Land, for joining me in studio today. Um, On behalf of our show sponsor, Denim Marketing, I'm Carol Morgan, your host. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, there's lots of opportunities to follow and interact with Atlanta Real Estate Forum um, and Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio. You can follow us on Facebook. You can sign up for our newsletter at atlantarealestateforum.com. And of course, you're welcome to continue this conversation by listening to our podcast for free on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to seeing you right here for our next episode.
0: Today's episode was made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite real estate blog, and source for real estate news, trends, new home communities, model homes, builders, and more. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio, or to inquire about being a guest, contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting atlantarealestateforum.com or by listening to the show on your podcast or iTunes app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening. And we'll see you next time on the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show.